Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Grammar Girl here. This week, I have a quick and dirty tip about periods after abbreviations, a piece on the language of the maze runner, and a tidbit about where people ask if you are done your exams instead of done with your exams. A reader named Dennis Kay asked whether you always put periods after abbreviations or whether it's different depending on which letters from the word are used in the abbreviation. Someone told him that abbreviations should only use periods if they don't end with the last letter of the original word, but he'd never heard that before, so he was wondering if it's right. Putting periods after abbreviations, or not, is a little-known difference between British English and American English. In American English, we always put a period after an abbreviation— It doesn't matter whether the abbreviation is the first two letters of the word, as in dr for drive, or the first and last letter, as in dr for doctor. British writers, however, make a distinction. Abbreviations that are written with the first and last letter of the word, as in dr for doctor and mr for mister, do not get a period. That's in British English. And that was your quick and dirty tip. Next, I'm excited to be able to give you some inside insights on the language in The Maze Runner, a young adult book, actually a whole series, that I adored. I stayed up until 2 a.m. reading these books, and while doing so, I noticed that the author, James Dashner, had used made-up words that seemed like swear words. For example, the boys call each other shuckface, and if they want to insult someone, they call him a shank. I had some questions about how and why Dashner used these words, and he generously agreed to tell me about it. In an email, he wrote, quote, The main reason I did it was twofold. First, and most practically, because the story takes place in a harsh environment, and I didn't want them running around saying, Oh, gee, golly darn, here comes a griever. But I also didn't want to limit the schools and libraries that would be willing to carry the books. So I made up some words, unquote. I also asked Brandon Sanderson to reflect on made-up swear words because he's created oaths for his books, and he's one of the hosts of the Writing Excuses podcast that gives advice for fiction writers and aspiring fiction writers. He wrote, quote, In some of my works, the Mistborn trilogy at the forefront, I use curses from our world. This is because I not only made that world more of an Earth analog, so to speak, but because the rawness and familiarity of our world's curses helped reinforce the concept of a bunch of street thieves. However, in other books, I feel that curses in-world help with a sense of immersion. 
Some readers also prefer it because of their dislike of our world cursing, and this is a factor when I write for younger readers, unquote. Dashner was also thinking of immersion in world building in The Maze Runner. He noted that the boys in the story have been isolated for a while, so it would be normal for them to develop their own dialect. Quote, it'd be good to give their language its own flavor, unquote. Sanderson pointed out that there are risks to making up words, however. Quote, the real trick here is not to pick something that sounds silly, and that can be tougher than it seems. Some people, such as the writers of the Battlestar Galactica reboot, prefer a word that sounds almost like an Our World curse to get the idea across, such as frack. These have the danger of sounding very silly, unquote. Dashner noted that, as with many things that come up when you're writing fiction, it took him a while to strike the right balance. He had more made-up words in his first draft, and his editor asked him to pare it back because it seemed a little overwhelming, and he says it will be scaled back even more in the movie. I thought it was perfect in the books, so it'll be interesting to see if I notice the difference when I see the movie or if all the visuals, action, and suspense overwhelm everything else. And although it's not related to the specific Maze Runner words, Sanderson also had interesting thoughts about religion-based swear words and world-building. If you think about it, many oaths and curses in a culture relate to the deity. So it can make the culture you're creating seem more real if their words also reflect their beliefs. In his book The Rhythmatist, which has been described as both a children's book and a young adult book, the characters use magic that comes from drawing symbols with chalk, and they use the word dusts as a mild oath, as in chalk dust. Sanderson wrote, quote, There's really a line to walk. Dusts was chosen for the rhythmatist partly to have a safe curse, but also because it is something sacred in their world. So using it as they do would sound worse to them than it does to us, unquote. Sanderson's assistant, Peter Alstrom, also pointed me to other examples of swear words that come from the fictional culture's religion. He wrote that Tad Williams has characters in his Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn series curse using the name of his world's Christian analogs deity, Eucyrus Adon, and I apologize, I probably mispronounced that, and that Brian Staveley's characters in The Emperor's Blades use Kent kissing, Kent being a shorthand name for one of the gods. Finally, as anyone who's tried to create a world knows, it's gratifying when people embrace your creation. Dashner ended, quote, I just love it when my readers use the slang when they talk to each other or to me, unquote. So if you ever get a chance to meet James Dashner in person, be sure to call him a shuckface. I swear he'll love it. And thanks to Dashner, Brandon Sanderson, and Peter Alstrom for taking the time to answer my questions. If you're listening, I really appreciate it, guys. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Tickets on sale now. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Remember the frustration of trying to memorize vocabulary and grammar rules 
only to find you couldn't actually use the language in real life, well, there's a better way to learn. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program with millions of users learning 25 different languages, and you can get it on your desktop or as an app on your phone or tablet. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with its intuitive process. It's really different. You pick up the language naturally, first with words, then the phrases, and then with sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. Don't put off learning that language. There is no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Grammar Girl listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Is it rosettastone.com slash grammar. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash grammar today. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. This week's tidbit comes from a question submitted by Grace B. She wrote, quote, I'm a native Michigander living in Montreal and have noticed a slight difference in accepted grammar. English-speaking Canadians often leave out with, where I would say, are you done with that? I'd like to think I'm accepting of dialectic differences and give the benefit of the doubt that there's more than one right way to speak or write, but this sends me into near hysterics at how terribly wrong it sounds. Here's some examples. Are you done your exams? Are you done that plate of food? Please tell me they're wrong. Unquote. <laughs> I always love these questions about regionalisms. This one is so common that the Yale Grammatical Diversity Project has a page on it, where they note that it's common in Canadian English, but also found in Philadelphia, Vermont, and New Hampshire. And a hat tip to Neil Whitman for reminding me to look there. I did my own survey on the Grammar Girl Facebook page and got similar results. And you can see the map on the Done With Your Exams page on quickanddirtytips.com. It's definitely a Canadian regionalism, but I also got many U.S. reports of people saying it in Philadelphia, and scattered reports all over the East, Central, South, and Midwest. Nobody reported hearing it or using it anywhere in the West, which explains why I've never heard it, because that's where I live. We have horrible forest fires, but nobody says, are you done your exams? I was particularly pleased that a Canadian linguist chimed in about the done-your-exams constructions. Thomas Murphy commented to his Canadian friends, quote, I'm guessing these sentences will sound totally normal to most of you. That's because the use of a null preposition in these sentences seems to be a marker or indicator of a Canadian English speaker. American speakers appear to be scandalized by these sentences, unquote. And many of the American commenters were, indeed, scandalized. Of the 180 or so people who responded, 44 said they dropped the with or have heard people do it where they live, and almost all the rest were scandalized Americans. 
He went on to write, quote, The point is that both versions are grammatical in English. However, in most American regional dialects, the absence of the preposition is judged to be an error simply because they don't habitually leave out the preposition. So the only time you'd need to worry about it would be if you were applying for a job in the U.S., unquote. So, Grace, I can tell you that it's generally considered wrong in most of the U.S., but it's not considered wrong everywhere. Think of it the same way you'd think of other regionalisms, such as y'all and the car needs washed. They aren't standard American English, and you shouldn't use them in any kind of formal situation in the U.S., but they may be acceptable in certain places in certain situations. And follow the link to the Yale Grammatical Diversity page that I put on quickanddirtytips.com because they have many more interesting examples of the right and wrong ways to form sentences using this mostly Canadian regionalism. I'm Mignon Fogarty, better known as Grammar Girl. I've written seven books, including the New York Times bestseller Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. I'm guessing that if you like this podcast, you'll like one of my books, so please search for them or ask for them at your favorite bookstore. This podcast was produced in conjunction with Macmillan Holdings. That's all. Thanks for listening. From muddy jungle paths to snowy trails to rolling sand dunes, the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder is ready to take you to some of the most phenomenal destinations on Earth. In a Pathfinder, it's more than just the arrival. The real excitement comes from the ride to get there. With seven drive modes, Pathfinder's available intelligent four-wheel drive is built for some of the most epic journeys. So chase bigger, better, more exciting adventures in the 2024 Nissan Pathfinder. Intelligent four-wheel drive cannot prevent collisions or provide enhanced traction in all conditions. Always monitor traffic and weather conditions. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation.